Lion face, lemon face. Lion face, lemon face. Look good, feel good. <clears throat> Hello, greetings and good day. My name is Sav Chagrin, podcast industry megamind and president of the Podfix Network. I am also the genius behind the masterclass how to become an uber successful and enigmatically entertaining podcaster like all of the amazing members of the Podfix Network have done by listening to industry savant, Sav Chagrin. But you already know that, because we are starting week three of what our vice president of odds and ends is calling, the March Masterclass, when March Madness is so much more marketable. But I will talk with him later about that. Because in the end, if your show is not marketable, then how will you get great sponsors like Friendly Go Sleep Mats, Do Groom, or Box O'Meal? Or if you prefer more grassroots granola, a Patreon that Scrooge McDuck could swim in. Either way, to quote my friend Randy Moss, straight cash homie. That being said, listeners or sponsors or network executives won't get bewitched by your charming ways, unless you first love yourself. Take my network for example, the Podfix Network, artist owned and loved. And I'll be the first to admit, that is not something I can teach anyone. At the end of the month, you dear listener and viral podcast hopeful, will be provided the opportunity to learn all the lessons I can teach, just as our Podfix Nation has done. To receive your exclusive invite to this masterclass, one which I normally charge $1,000 per person, but you will get free of charge, make sure you subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you find the best podcasts in the world. Then, and this is important, make sure to rate and review our fine programming. Five stars will be fine, even though I assure you, you want to give it more. Five lucky go-getters will win Podfix Network prize packs including a mug, magnet, and stickers. Now without further ado, let's start to change your podcast life forever. Hello, my name is Paul. I am one of the hosts of the Varmints Podcast, and I am not an animal expert. I am Donna. I am also a host of the Varmints Podcast, and I am not an animal expert. We are doing this little combination show of some clips from 2020 today for the Podfix Network's March Madness. Yes, and if you are new to the show, we are a, a podcast about animals. We talk about everything that creep crawls, slithers, slithers, flies, jumps, hops, and swims on this planet one animal at a time. Uh, we cover biology, we cover pop culture, we cover conservation. What else do we do? We talk about the environment, and yep. we generally just learn about animals, and then we tell you what we found out. Yep. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's family friendly, and we hope you like it. Yes. I thought March Madness was about, like, coming together to stab in groups because of Caesar, you know? <laughs> Julius Caesar. But it, isn't it a basketball thing? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it's a college it's a college basketballs tournament, which I don't know if they're having this year or not. Hmm. With with the COVID, I don't know what they're doing because I don't watch college basketball. Hmm. I see. Yeah I, yeah, I don't I just kind of vaguely remember hearing something and I was like, "March Madness? I thought that was about Julius Caesar." No? Okay. No, fine. <laughs> Neither neither Christopher or Keith wanted to be stabbed. Ah. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. You know, team players, come on, guys. You're leading the network. You have to lead by example. Let us just let us stab you a little bit. Well, we won't we won't stab very hard. Oh uh, man. Oh well. 
this just got very silly and we were just supposed to say hello. <laughs> hello. Which is totally Hi. Funny. These are some clips that are uh, representative clips of our show. I don't know. Donna put it all together. So I have no idea what all this is going to be. Dingoes. Dingoes. <laughs> That's what it is. All right. Hey, everybody, enjoy. And if you find you really like us, you can find us at varmints at podbean.com. And you can communicate with us at on our Facebook group or at varmintspodcast at gmail.com. Please enjoy the show. Clips. Thanks. And thank Bye. You. Well, hello, and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week... We do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name is Paul, and I am not an animal expert. I'm Donna, and I am also not an animal expert. Today, we are talking about raw de leopard. <laughs> and I have been calling them leopards for two weeks. Leopards! <laughs> Leopards. I have two little mini panthers in my house right now. <laughs> you should take pictures of them. We'll put them in the show notes. Your yeah. little mini panthers. Yes, they're my tiny panthers. <laughs> when they were kittens, we used to sing that Elton John song to them, Tiny Dancer, but with <laughs> Tiny Panther instead. Oh, nice. Yeah. They didn't find it funny because cats don't understand humor. <laughs> Why are those why are those big pink monkeys making those noises? What is that noise? <laughs> Put food down for us right now. <laughs> food, giant pink monkey. All right, here's some news. This is Varman's headline news with your anchor man. Some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. Donna, for Pete's sake, do you want some good news for a change? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, I have three stories here that I will pass along to you, and this is these are all very, very good news. The world's largest animal, the blue whale, as well as the humpback and right whales, have been spotted in unprecedented numbers in the waters around Antarctica. Yay! A team of researchers led by the British Antarctic Survey made 36 sightings of blue whales during their three-week survey earlier this year, identifying 55 animals compared to just one sighting made during the 2018 survey. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the whales are still in trouble, but it's, it's pretty good news. The South Georgia Right Whale Project website has a whale tracker, so a few of these whales have been tagged, and you can follow them around in real time as they swim around their feeding grounds. It's really, really cool. That's awesome. All right, good news number two. Okay. Three colonies of bees that survived the devastating fire of the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris are thriving, according to their keeper. What are you? Yeah. The population, uh, which is thought to number between 30 and 45,000 bees across three hives, have been living in the rafters of the cathedral since 2013, and they survived the fire in April 2019. The keeper couldn't really get to the hives very well in the latter part of 2019 because access to the damaged building was restricted, but she has since been able to check on the bees 
and she has confirmed that they are doing well and they are preparing to produce honey this summer. Hooray! Yay! The French bees. <laughs> Ooh la la! All right, our third little bit of good news mm -hmm. is in Colorado, where you are. Wow, what's that? The gray wolf may return to Colorado if a ballot measure to reintroduce re the predators passes this year. There is a bill proposing the return of the gray wolf. Uh, it's scheduled to be put to voters in November. Mm -hmm. Polling indicates that it's probably going to pass. I think it probably will, and I think... <laughs> I mean, I think they're already here. That's one of the things that I remembered. I'd have to check, but I think we've already got some. So it's sort of, um, you know, it's funny sort of humans going, okay, we're going to have wolves. And the wolves are like, whatever, we do what we want. <laughs> like, they're already here. So. Oh, you mean like us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I could be wrong, I, but I, I do think we actually have like one small pack of wolves, uh, very top of the state or, or somewhere, somewhere. I don't know. I could be wrong, but yeah. Yeah. Back in 1995, they, they released wolves into, I want to say Yellowstone mm -hmm. Park or Ye mm -hmm. Yosemite. No, one Yellowstone. I don't know about was Yosemite. They might do it there too, but uh, definitely Yellowstone. I think it was Yellowstone and it just changed everything. It changed uh, the behaviors of other animals it enabled trees to grow where there weren't trees. It enabled birds and insects to return. We talked Just... about some of that soil composition improvement on our moose episode because yes. of the connection between moose and wolf um, predation. The wolf predation on the moose actually changes the environment. It changes all the plants and the soil and everything. So, Yeah, yeah. to the point where rivers were rerouted yeah. and changed. Mm -hmm. Just crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So there you go. Yeah, Three exciting. bits of good news. Ah, uh, la 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 la. Make sure I got everything in front of me. Welcome to the cattle show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, clap in three, two, one. It's going to be a meaty episode. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, God, no. <laughs> Let's just steer away from the puns, shall we? We, we will, but the cows don't know we're laughing at them. <laughs> Steer away from the puns you missed. <laughs> I did. It went over your head. It did. Oh my gosh. I'm utterly <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> utterly devastated, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, is it too much to ox to, you know, like not do this nonsense? Let's just cut the bull, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we better finish because we're going to have to stampede if we don't. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. Right.
Oh, boy. Uh, this is going to be silly. Named Josh Phillips saw something weird while he was fly fishing in the Eld Inlet in Olympia, Washington. He saw a small boat tilted upward and slowly sinking. As he got closer, he saw the problem and he recorded it on video. I did not include the the uh, the audio from this video because there's a lot of wind noise and it was it would drive you nuts. Right. Uh, in this video, there are two sea lions who appear very calm with the boat beneath them struggling against the mammal's immense weight. <laughs> so how many sea lions does it take to sink a boat? Two. That depends on, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in this case, it was two. I was going to go into a, a long explanation involving physics, but yeah, in this case, it was two big sea lions. Uh, a trip was made out to where the boat was the next day, and at the time this article was published, it was at the bottom of the Eld Inlet. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go into a whole explanation on, you know, how much the boat weighs and how much water it displaces and then how much each sea lion weighs, but uh, yeah, you just kind of... It's two. <laughs> it's two. <laughs> well, two big males, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to steal your sea lion boat sinking thunder. No, <laughs> just cut to the chase. It's two sea lions. <laughs> and the picture is great, too, because they're just kind of looking at the camera like, hey, what's up? How's it going? What's up, dude? Yeah. But it's pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> Always wanted a boat <laughs> of my own. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that's the best. <laughs> this is Varman's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. Back in October of last year, a captain and a diver on a research vessel in Norway encountered a large alien-looking blob in the water that turned out to be a giant squid egg sack. That picture kind of made the rounds, and it is terrifying looking. Those egg sacs are a very rare sight to see because they are generally produced in very deep waters. They start sinking almost immediately after they are made, and they generally don't last all that long. And there are those that have looked at the video and the pictures and think that this is actually a spent egg sac, like it doesn't have any more eggs in it. Mm. There are pictures and videos showing divers swimming around this thing, and it looks like the opening scene to, like, a really terrible underwater alien horror movie. <laughs> just squid eggs. Just squid eggs, but did you see the picture of it? Yeah, it looks fine. It looks like a big, giant <laughs> egg sack. I don't know what's so terrifying. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I guess I've just not, I've never seen too many egg sacks. It looks terrifying to me. And I'm also afraid of, like, deep water things. Like, that's just whole, a whole other world down there. Ah, it is. But, I mean, you don't, you're never going to go there, so. No. <laughs> no. But I'm still terrified. <laughs> I, I can't explain my brain to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but would you eat it? <laughs> would I eat it? Uh, oh, boy. 
I'm gonna say in your maybe. Food box, you know. Maybe. <laughs> you had that cheap vodka to wash it down with, oh, maybe. Brother. Oh. <laughs> There is a 13th century version of an old Icelandic saga, which I will not even I will not even try to pronounce, that takes the protagonist through the Greenland Sea, and there they spot two massive sea, sea monsters called Hafgufa and Lingbakr. It says, Hafgufa. I'll read just a tiny bit from that. It says, now I will tell you that there are two sea monsters. One is called Hafgufa, and the other Lingbakr. The Lingbakr is the largest whale in the world, but the Hafgufa is the largest monster in the sea. It is the nature of this creature to swallow men and ships and even whales and everything ah! else within reach. <laughs> oh, no! Hafgufa! It, it stays submerged for days, then rears its head and nostrils above the surface and stays that way, at least until the change of the tide. And now the sound that we just sailed through was the space between its jaws and its nostrils and lower jaw were those rocks that appeared in the sea. That <laughs> goes on like that. I love it's it. Sailors, man, I'm telling you. Oh. We've had 10 years now. We've raised a lot of money and built some good enclosures. There's nothing left for us to do that the government-funded Save the Devil program wants us to do. And we've all aged 10 years. Some of us are in our middle 70s, and the time's come to say, well, we've accomplished more than we ever set out to do. So that's just one program that feels comfortable in shutting down because they have made a lot of good progress. So They're still is... not out of the woods, but it's a good really good sign good piece of news that is really wonderful if you talk to people who are involved in nonprofits or wildlife conservation or they're trying to you know further research about diseases or about saving animals there's nothing more that those people want than being out of a job yes exactly they want you know? to be done yeah and, and to move on to the next problem yep so that's awesome Absolutely. that's a that's wonderful. If you look at the link, they have also, just as an aside, they have a picture of a little baby devil who's has he's holding his bottle and he's so cute. Let me oh see. I gotta click on it now. Now you have to go look because it's all oh for Pete's little sake, baby. Look what at are that we little doing? Guy. <laughs> what are we doing with our lives? We could be over there holding little tazzies. I know. Helping oh. little Tazzy babies. What's what's going on? Why are we not living in Australia holding Tazzy babies and feeding them milk? <laughs> oh, these things are great. Uh, so... Hey, are you going to eat that? Josh wants to know if you're going to eat a falcon. No. <laughs> mm -mm. No. 
No reason. No reason. Just not in the food box. So here's what I'm going to do from now on. When we when we have a an animal, whether or not we would eat that animal, I'm going to tell you what does eat that animal. Oh, okay. Cool. So humans and wolves tend to be the main predators of the falcon on the ground. So, hmm. so there's somebody eating falcons out there. And eagles and even large owls will go ahead and hunt smaller species of falcon because they're they're smaller. Yeah. Young and inexperienced falcons, they will just catch them in the air and eat them. Hmm. The eggs and chicks of the falcon are particularly vulnerable to being eaten by, you know, things that eat eggs and small birds. So yep. larger birds, snakes, uh, mammals, that kind of thing. Yes. Uh, I just, I thought the other day, like... Okay, we might not eat an animal, but something out there is eating these animals, so... Of course. Yeah, yeah that's, they're that's in somebody's so food box. <laughs> Very cool. Neato stuff. Well, why do they have all big red butts? Well, we have to get to the bottom of this one, don't we? <laughs> Gonna try not to crack too many jokes. Yeah, you need to quit sitting on it and just get to the point. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna talk about baboon butts, and we're gonna. I'm gonna talk a little bit about. He likes uh, the... baboon butts, and he cannot lie. <laughs> <laughs> you, you other baboons can't deny. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make mention of I'm gonna make mention of uh, the fact that big baboons like to make little baboons, and I'm not gonna even get remotely graphic about it. So don't worry, but it is coming up. Baboons have a physical feature called ischial callosities. Well, that's a nice big long word. Yeah, that's that's the <laughs> nice long medical word for butt cheeks. Butt cheeks. <laughs> Very, very large, bald, rough spots on their buttocks. <laughs> so we're going to dive right into making babies. How to make pea chicks. This is how you make pea chicks. Ready? <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I'm going to write this down. Okay. <laughs> First... Get some peacocks, okay. and then some peahens, and then wait for mating time to arrive. Mating time is kind of like a rave, and it's called a lek. A lek? How do you spell a that? A lek. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's a L-E-K. I, saw, I was watching it on a documentary, so I don't really know for sure, but um, I'm sure you could look it up. It's It's... Uh, it's when there's sort of a nightclub atmosphere and it's time for making pea chicks and they all dance around and shake their tail feathers and all that kind of stuff. So the male turns his back to the female when he fans out his tail and he's like, and he shakes his booty. He's like, shake a shake a shake up, look at my booty. And then he flicks his <laughs> fan out and then he like turns around dramatically like, ta-da! <laughs> and then he's like keeps shaking his butt and walking around and stuff
Dangos. 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 Yeah. Dangos. 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 Yeah. Dingoes, 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 yeah. Dingoes, 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 yeah. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved. Did you know that the Podfix Network, home of Varmints, Two Girls on a Bench, Podcast 42, and more, has its own network podcast? Go wherever fine podcasts are found and look for Podfix Presents. Network highlights, interviews, roundtables, and more, all showcasing the eclectic depth of Podfix talent. So subscribe today. Podfix Presents on your podcast app of choice. And check us out at www.podfixnetwork.com at Podfix on Twitter and official underscore Podfix on the gram. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.